Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Do you want to do this episode really fast, or should we slow this episode down a bit? No, I think we should actually just nail the pacing and get it just right. Like, we need we need a Goldilocks episode here. Perfect. Cue <laughs> music. Welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I am your host, the Daddy Bear, Phil. And I am your other host, and what does that make me? I don't... I don't know. Are you Goldilocks? Are you the Mama Bear? What, like, I, I'm not sure. You're the one who did the... You, you know what? You're the one who did the Goldilocks reference. I started so. this whole thing. It's Is my it fault. awkward that I just, like, I'm the Daddy Bear? Like, is that odd? <laughs> I feel like that's a fitting identity for me. I'm your other host, Senda. Um, maybe Goldilocks. Maybe Mama Bear. I don't know. You figure it out. Uh, yes. And firstly, I just have to say, because it is our 250th episode. Now, we already actually hit five years a little bit ago. Um, and that was cool. And we did a lot of like not numbered shows throughout the pandemic to kind of keep things moving. So now based on actual numbers of actual real shows, we are now at 250, which feels like a big number. So go us. Yes, I, it goes on the basis that probably a season of shows is about 50 episodes, right? So like probably, yeah. we're at 250. That would imply that we've hit our five year. We know chronologically that's in March. Yep. Um, so we actually knew we hit our five year, but like Senda said, um, our chit chat episodes are not numbered with our episode numbers because they really weren't of the same rigor yeah. as, yeah. and truthfully, <laughs> um, episode one compared to episode 250, our standards <laughs> are just slowly like dropping over time. They've dropped drastically. Since Editing the first is one. out the window. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, for this um, for this milestone episode uh, and future trivia uh, question, what was the actual episode two fifty about? Not right, the two hundred and fiftieth episode. Right. Um, what's our topic for today? Well, our topic today comes to us from Powell on the Misdirected Mark Slack, who asked, Hey, Phil, topic suggestion. In what way is a modern MC or GM responsible for pacing in one-shots and campaigns? So for our classic episode, 250, we have a classic topic. Back to one-shots and campaigns, the roots of Pandas Talking Games. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Phil, do um, you, to make this even more classic yes just to just to make sure we're hitting everything do you have a definition for us oh you know i do <laughs> the definition we're going to use tonight for pacing is move or develop something at a particular rate of speed such a good uh such a good definition in rpgs pacing is the rate we move through the plot of the adventure uh either the individual story um, or this thing is kind of fractal, right? So pacing can be actually talked about at the story, the story arc, or the campaign level, right? So we can talk about pacing through all of those things, and we can talk about how they're different, right? The pacing through a story, 
the pacing through a, um, a story arc, which would be an arc made up of many stories, right? That has a beginning, middle and end. Um, if we're going back to, and let's get classic here, free togs pyramid yep. as our yep. model. Yep. It's not the only model, <laughs> but it's such an easy, to, it's such an easy and accessible model. Free togs pyramid is so good for so many of these things. So, um, our, our pacing then is the speed by which we are moving through these things. And then lastly, um, just to finish off that definition, a campaign is a collection of um, story arcs, yes. right? So mm-hmm. we can have a, a collection of story arcs makes a campaign. There is a old, um, there's a really old misdirected mark episode mm-hmm. yes. where we actually set the definitions of those. And I've actually tried to be very good. Um, even if you're like, even if you've never heard that episode here on this show and on Mr. Mark, I'm usually very careful about the words story, story arc and campaign, yep. meaning very specific things. Anyway, um, our rate then is how fast we are getting through those things in a, when we look at it at the story level, um, our rate is determined. Like how fast are we getting through our scenes? Yep. Right. Um, and how fast ultimately are we getting through the entire story, right? The beginning, the middle, the end of the story. Um, and then we can just fractal that up, right? If we're looking at the pacing of our story arc, it's how are we getting through, uh, how fast are we getting through each story as they build up beginning, middle, and end to a story arc? Same thing with the campaign. Yep. Okay. But the thing that I think is important, which you're going to talk about, is that... Um, Pacing is not one speed fits all. Right. It's and it just isn't. It's um it's more like driving on the highway, right? So sometimes you speed up because you're going downhill, or sometimes you slow down because you're going uphill. Sometimes you cruise along at the speed limit, sometimes you get stuck behind a big truck, right? So it's a variable it's a variable speed. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's a variable speed as you address your um your actual story and you go through it. Um, and you know, sometimes you're going fast cause you want to get to the destination and sometimes you go slow cause you took the scenic route and there's really nice things to look at along the way. And that's the part that I really like is like, sometimes we're really driving to that end point. Sometimes there's stuff that's really interesting. We want to stop and explore, um, you know, like the world's biggest cheese ball or whatever in the middle of Nebraska. Like <laughs> sometimes Lincoln, you, the Lincoln statue by the highway yeah, in, uh, in, in Wyoming. Wyoming. Sometimes you have to stop at the Corn Palace because there's a palace made of corn. Uh, Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Grandpa's Cheese Barn. I mean, ah, there, there we are, are digressing. Get us back on. Get us back on track. What <laughs> I'm trying to say is, sometimes in the middle of a road trip, it's worth slowing down. <laughs> As it turns out, that will also be true for role playing games. Okay. Yes, that's where we're going with this. Uh, cool. Right. So. Um, the art of pacing is uh, the art of pacing is knowing this, right? It's knowing when to step on the accelerator. It's knowing when to put on the cruise control and it's knowing when to break and maybe possibly get off the highway and go check something out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is a skill, right? Uh, it is a skill that uh, actually merges two things um, that are actually pretty tricky. Um, and, I will like. I will say like this. This is a skill that um, I think even experienced GMs will tell you um, is one that like everybody always is working to master. Right. Right. I don't. I don't um, think there's anyone who's like ah pacing. I'm perfect at it all the time. Correct. I never have to think about it. It's something that I think everyone who's running a game is 
constantly um, considering and working on and trying to keep, you know, the pulse of as the game runs, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and so I let me to loop back to my beginning of that sentence. It, it combines two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it combines an understanding of um, storytelling right? Like actually knowing how a story should unfold. And I hate to use a definition side of a definition, but like the pacing of a story, right? Like, sure. you know, like are, you know, is there enough exposition before we get to this? Is, is there enough rising action to make the climax worth, you know, invest like with the proper investment, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's like understanding story pacing and, and story structure. And then you mix that with actual clock slash time management of being in the real world, right? So you're managing the story pacing of your fictional story that you're creating in the game, but you are um, having to do that while matching it up to the clock on the wall that's telling you you have, you know, another hour before everyone has to go home from your game. Yes, or Um, until the next person needs this table at a convention. Correct. And so that's super tricky because those two things don't run on the same timelines, no. right? Like, <laughs> so you are managing two timelines that, you know, one, so one you can control, which is the story, one you can't control, which is the endless march of time. Um, but you have to make these two work together. So this morning, I have a metaphor for this. Sure. This morning, I made pancakes. And I made pancakes for me and my kiddo. And I was kind of in a hurry because I was up against time, right? Um, and so the thing that I can control is that I needed to make the pancakes go faster. So what I did is I put two pans out on the stove instead of one, but you can immediately see, uh, where this gets hard to manage because what happened was that one of my pans is the one that I always use for pancakes and it heated up exactly as I expected. And I worked exactly as anticipated for pancakes. Perfect pancakes came out of it. The other pan um, was a pan I haven't been using as often. It was my cast iron pan, and it heats up um, at a different pace and then retains heat differently, right? And so I accidentally overheated that pan, and so that pan first produced burned pancakes, and then when I frantically tried to slow it down, produced not very golden pancakes. So it was because I was trying to make everything go faster. <laughs> against the time clock, like this is where you can get into trouble with your role-playing game stories as well, right? Because you have to be able to keep the plates that you're spinning as a GM spinning in the air and keep all of the pancakes golden, even though (laughs) you are (laughs) managing two pans that may or may not be the same in terms of the actual pacing of the game itself. And sometimes one of them might be going faster than the other. (laughs) So... If, if metaphors of cars and pancakes have you slightly confused, <laughs> let me just say that pacing is a complicated skill, but because it's a skill, it is absolutely something that you can work on and that you can work to improve. Yes. All right. So regardless of whether you are running a one shot or a campaign, there are some general things you can do while running a session that will control pacing. Yes. Uh, and so you and I are going to do point counterpoint. Um, yep. You're going to you're going to do go faster. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do go slower. And then implied is that if you do 
less of yours and slightly more of mine, that would be the Goldilocks zone of 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 just right. And I, I don't want to say it is just right because it's not like you're supposed to not go fast or not go slow. You absolutely are. Um, because sometimes you do need to go faster and sometimes you want to go slower in certain places. So you should absolutely do these things, but understand that the, the middle ground of all of them is just kind the, of the, doing the in between of what we're about to say. Two. Yes. Yeah. So I, if, if we can refer back to the car for a moment, these are basically your gas pedal and your brake. If yep. you touch the gas cause you've been slowing down and you need to get back up to speed cause you want to get someplace that you're going you can touch the gas, right? Or you can say, oh, what's that cool thing over there? And you can touch the brake, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I will start in with the go fasters and then Phil will counterpoint them with the go slowers. So the first thing that you can do to make things go faster, and this can be very effective and is probably the one that I use the most, um, is aggressive scene cutting, right? Meaning that the more aggressively you cut a scene, the more you are only seeing exactly the one portion of that scene that is the most important to the story and you're cutting more off the beginning and more off the end you are only seeing that one snippet that is the key information and moving on and of course you can cut scenes aggressively or or less aggressively right so then the slow version of that would be (laughs) (laughs) yes so the slow version of that right is longer scene openings and longer scene closing so if you have time on your hands and you want to stretch out something then you have like you know okay so how do you guys get to the warehouse okay when you arrive at the warehouse um the warehouse is on the docks and you know you see the sunlight um, of the setting sun coming down over the cargo containers uh, as you get out of the car uh, and make your way towards the door Right, as opposed to the aggressive one, which is yeah. like you're, in, you're at you're the door in the warehouse. Yes, you exactly. are sitting down with him. He's got his gun out. You've got your gun out. What do you say? Exactly. Right, like you 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 can cut it. You can cut it very fine or leave it very broad. Right, and then and and the same thing that I just said for openings applies to closings as well. Like once you have hit the goal of the scene, if you want to go slower, you just keep letting the scene drag out a little. Yep, you play it out to. Yep. The natural, out. the natural conclusion of like, and you leave the warehouse, yeah, and you get back in the car, and it's nighttime, yes, and you drive and you away, yeah. right? Instead of the 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 super aggressively cut scene would be like, you know, you shake hands. Now we cut to the next important thing. Exactly. <laughs> right. Perfect. We don't care right. about leaving. We don't care about the sunset. Yeah. Uh, do another one. All right. Next one. Um, simpler combats. Right, so if you're working in a system where you're dealing with combats and combats tend to have a lot more complication, the more straightforward you keep that combat, the faster it's going to go. The less spells that you're looking up and special abilities and all that stuff, the faster it just is going to be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If uh, you want to go slower, um, add some combatants. Right. Mm-hmm. Add add more add more minions. Add a couple lieutenants. Uh, cool terrain. Like more like like extra terrain. Yeah. Have a thing like in a video game where the fight takes place in one place, but then like you all break through the floor (laughs) and like you're now you're in a new location, right? Like there are there, you know, you can, you can make combats. um, You can make combats as slow as you like as by just like complicating it up. Mm hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, Another way to basically manage the length of scenes to make things go faster is that, 
um, you can abstract dialogue as a GM. So by which we mean you don't have to speak all of the dialogue out. If they say to you, we want to go um, talk to all of the storekeepers and see if anyone saw this person, you can be like, cool, the guy in the corner at the pet shop says that he saw them go this way, right? Versus. <laughs> yeah, versus um, play it all out. Yeah. Have all, like, Five you know, you walk keeps. in, you, yeah, you walk <laughs> into the shopkeep and, uh, you know, quick, I'm going to check my, uh, I'm going to check my table. Oh, he is irritable and obnoxious. Okay. Right. And then like, we have this whole scene and then we go to the next one. We go to the next yeah, one. Yeah. The, the pottery one. shop hasn't seen the person. So now right. you have to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then like, and this, this one to me covers a couple of different things, right? If you want to go faster, you can also speak faster and that, um, works in a couple of ways. Um, speak faster, obviously, still intelligibly. Otherwise, like, what are we doing here? But um, speaking faster can also sometimes be higher energy, which tends to drive things forward with more speed. So, like, yep. that's a thing. So, basically, speak faster slash speak with energy. Sense of urgency. Yes, have a sense of urgency to your speech. Um, and... Then on top of that, the thing that you can do is that you can cut down your descriptions to be only the key information that actually needs to be there. The details that are important um, versus painting yourself a word picture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the reverse of that is obviously speak slower. Mm -hmm. uh, pause between sentences. Uh, have elaborate descriptions. Mm -hmm. Take a few minutes to paint You know what the sun looks like as it sets over the cargo containers in this dock. Uh, the workers are finishing up for the day, picking up their, you know, lunch pails and putting away their gear and things like that, right? Like, we can just go slower. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, to go faster, you can ask players questions. Um, and when, when, I, when we say ask them questions, we mean leading questions to make action happen. Yeah. Um, so specifically, so this tends to come out the most as a GM when you're trying to move things along, when you're like, hey... What are you doing right now? Or what do you do next? Right? But it could also be um, even more pointed or more leading. How do you get to the warehouse? Right? Um, yep. You know, like that sort of thing. Because you can use that kind of question to cut from, cool, we've decided we're going to go to the warehouse. Awesome. Tell me how you get there and then we'll cut right into that scene. Right? Um, so that's, you can ask them to answer the questions that make stuff happen. Yeah. Um the other way, like when you want to slow it down, um, one, don't ask those questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and two, um, instigate the characters chatting with each other. Mm -hmm. Right? Like throw a question over to a character. Like, you know, hey, while Bob's doing that, um, what do you feel about that? Or what do you say to Bob while he's putting the bomb together? Right. Right? Like stir up some, like stir up some character to character dialogue. <laughs> like, how do you feel about the fact that he's intending to blow up your favorite car? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's talk about it. Let's dig in. Yeah, um, I mean, especially like if you're playing a game like Masks or something, right? Like, how how do you feel about it? is like that's just money. Like that, like <laughs> that will slow everything down. Um, it's yeah, my, it's good. It's my favorite slowdown. Yeah. No, and it's fun, right? Like it's fun. I, I so I do that. Like sometimes if I think the game is going too fast, I'll instig like I instigate that stuff with players. I'll be like, "What are you doing?" Like while he's like, you know 
like putting the bomb together, right? And like, or what do you like? You must be saying something, right? And then just sit back and relax, <laughs> like let it happen. You just set the top spinning, and then you lean back yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, that's your job sometimes. That's, that's your slowdown job is when you get exactly. to lean back and just watch it unfold. Yeah. Um, the last tip that we have for going faster is avoiding planning. Um, we have, you know, some podcast episodes about planning, making it fun and, 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 and all of those things, right? However, one thing, whether you enjoy planning in game or not, one thing that we can all universally say is that frequently it takes a very long time, right, in the game time. Um, and so it's an easy place that if you can avoid doing planning, you will cut all of that clock time, real-time clock time out of your game and that massive sort of slowdown in terms of keeping the plot moving and rolling forward, right? And, and this is why games that mechanize either flashbacks or preparedness, things like that, that allow yes. you to avoid planning, like Blades yeah. in the Dark, kind of like uh, Forge in the Dark style games, <laughs> like that's one of the things about allowing it to go faster is that it gets it, it gets you out of the classic let us sit around and talk for a half hour about how we're going to break into this military installation. Yes. Now, if your game lacks those things, right? Send us advice is perfect. Avoid planning if you want to go faster. Yep. Likewise, if your game lacks those mechanics and you want to go slower, let them plan. Have them have <laughs> them start a plan. Go make yourself a grilled cheese. Yeah. Right? Like just, you know, just go have a Go get Check a Starbucks. Check in every now and then yeah. and see if see how you know which contingency they're on. Are they on B, C, D, Absolutely. E, F at this point? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, planning is its own time sink. Um, that's not to say that there aren't um, groups of players out there that are really good at planning, but in general, painting with the general brush, not the specific brush. Yeah. In general, planning is a time sink, and it is a great way to slow things down. Yes. Cool. And, and okay. until someone gets sick of it and goes, Leroy Jenkins. There's a reason why that meme exists, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> it exists because it's true. It's okay. not wrong. Cool. So we now need to return back to Powell's original question and ask, what is the GM's role in pacing for one-shots and campaigns? Right? So first of all, all the things that we just said are absolutely true regardless of whether you're doing a one-shot or a campaign. Yes. But there are some actual specific things here. There are, yes. Um, and, so and, and so to get super panda-y <laughs> here, right, for our 250th episode, oh. Senda, would you like to talk about one-shots? It's been so long, Phil. <laughs> and then after I'm done talking about one-shots, just to be clear, Phil is going to talk about campaigns, because that's how we do. That's um, how we do it that's here. That's how we do <laughs> All right, so talking about one-shots, pacing in one-shots is 100% absolutely critical, and it's critical because you have to be able to finish this game in one shot, or it's not a one-shot, right? And frequently, it's a one-shot because of external reasons, like that's it's the one time everybody's going to be together because somebody's in town, or you're at a convention, or you really are only going to do this just this once. And so you have to finish this game in the time that is allotted to you. Um, if it's a convention slot or someone has to leave, then you have a very hard stop and you really have to manage it. Um, sometimes if it's a home thing, you have a little bit more wiggle room, like it has to end sometime in this half hour instead of like by this time on the dot. But no matter how you cut it, a one-shot 
requires your pacing to be on point because nobody wants to have to narrate the end of their game because you didn't have time to finish it. You can do it. It happens. I've done it. It sucks. You don't want to do it if you can help it, right? So you want your players to have the opportunity to go through the entire story, the beginning, the middle, the end, and you're the one who has to kind of get them through. Um, although, to be honest, we almost addressed this question from another angle as well, and I think that there is potentially something for us to discuss in the future in terms of player responsibility for pacing, because that is another oh, part, right? Uh, we, that could be yeah. next week's episode. It, it to might be, be honest, it what might is be. the player... Yes. Yeah, so we can't let in this... Fact, oh, in fact, ding. next week's episode will be what is the player's <laughs> responsibility Yes, we'll right. do that as well. All right, so take that so off the table. Take that off the table right week. now. In the end, the GM is responsible because they are the person running the table, but we will discuss the player responsibility next week. Yay! Um, so key things, and these are actually... Pacing is the reason for many of the things that we usually say about how to run a one-shot versus how to run a campaign because of that time slot. Um, so a lot of the tips that we have generally given about one shots will apply here simply because pacing was the reason that we gave them, right? So for example, um, your story should be small and um, less complex, essentially direct, right? You should have a direct through line. Yes. So the, one of the reasons I think um, that you should make your story small uh, and less complex that we did not note while we were um, prepping the show uh, is that often, unless you are like doing a one shot for your home group, like if you're doing this at a convention, you will never get the same speed out of a convention table mm -mm. Uh, as you will with your home group, because the, you're dealing with people who don't know each other may or may not know the system. Like there's a whole bunch of reasons why it's unlikely that, especially in a convention setting, people will, will blast through, um, you know, like faster than normal. Not saying it can't happen. I'm saying though, in general, um, I typically see when I play at conventions as well as run things at conventions, you don't get quite as much material done, uh, as you can squeeze out of your home group. Yes. Yep. And I sorry, think, please continue. Yeah, no, but I think you're absolutely right because there is something to be said for both familiarity of rules because you are stopping as the GM to explain the rules or explain how to make a role or like what, what the ruling is that you're making right now so that the game can continue. And then also there is definitely something to be said about the social aspect. If a bunch of strangers sit down at your table and you're like, so talk amongst yourselves and they like, don't great. Cause sometimes that happens, right? It takes a little bit of ice breaking time to make, the game and collaboration and communication start and click sometimes. Sometimes people sit down and they're immediately into it. Sometimes they don't because we're humans. Um, humans happen, right? Okay. So having said all of that about pacing, why it is super important in one shots. Um, next tip. If you prep a game um, scene by scene, then have a small number of scenes that are required to make the story happen and have additional scenes that are optional that you can slip in or pull out, depending on how your pacing is going. So don't walk yourself into um, the fact that you must go through all of these scenes to complete the game. Give yourself the wiggle room to adjust those on the fly. So I know, because I've heard this from an actual um, 
I heard this from a fellow game designer who has written a number of um, number of big games and you know runs them at conventions and stuff. And I remember one year at Gen Con, I heard the phrase, uh, "I put six hours of material in a four hour bag." Okay, right? Yep. Like, like <laughs> my eyes just got big. Like, ah! right? Like that's I mean, like that's <laughs> what you're trying to avoid, and that's what we when we keep saying small and less complex, right? Don't put six hours. If you if you're a prepper, right? Because I know you're not, and I tend to, and I am, especially when and I'm even more so um, when I run at um, conventions because I'm so concerned about clock management. Yeah. Um, don't put six hours of material in the four hour bag. Put three hours of material yes, in, in the, the four, four hour, hour bag. bag. Yes, correct, correct. Yes, um, which is why I don't prep because if I did, I would put eight hours of material in the two hour bag and like I'm like no it's fine what my brain comes up with is an hour and 45 minutes of material for the two hour bag we're good right like done um yes but so the key is if you are prepping then give yourself basically the little outlets the little places where you can turn the valve and release some of the extra content that you're not going to have time to address just leave yourself those places right if you ad lib so that's me. And there's like a spectrum of like prep to ad lib that's that's really interesting. So Phil and I talked a little bit about how we kind of manage this when we're ad libbing a game. Um, if you're an ad libber who tends to sit down at the table, see what's going on and then sketch out a number of scenes, then you can do the same thing, right? Where you're like, okay, well, here are the three things I know need to happen. And here's a couple more things that I can toss in if there's time. And that's kind of um, pretty close to what I personally do, which is, um, I sit at I sit down at the table knowing, uh, especially for a convention game, knowing a start point and having uh, a good idea of what the end point looks like generally that will, of course, be shaped by the things that occur between the start point and the end point. Um, and then basically jump onto like, um, you know, two or three things that they have to solve to get to the end point, knowing that as long as we solve at least one of them, we'll just get there. Um, and the other stuff becomes more optional. And those are usually based on like the love letter things that people say as they're making characters or getting into the first scene or saying hi to each other or whatever. Right. Um, so, um, so it goes pretty fast and the, the shorter time slot that you run for, the more clean and direct your storyline needs to be. Right. So that's back to that direct storyline because I run, um, two hour games very frequently. Those games are very pointed. Um, so, um, the next tip on this list is that, um, we want to avoid complexity in terms of twists and turns. When I say twists and turns, that doesn't mean you can't surprise them, right? Like if you're playing, um, magical girls, cause you picked up love and justice and you're sitting down at my table and then you tell me that there used to be another magical girl who's not with you anymore because she died then let me tell you, like, when we hit the end, big bad guy, is she going to be there in her dark form, like, you know, working for the, the you know, shadow tragic kingdom or whatever? Yes, absolutely she is. I want to surprise you with that. But when we say, like, no twists like that, the thing we don't want is we don't want you to get to the final scene, the big thing. And then it turns out that the Shadow Tragic Kingdom has actually been trying to protect the world um, from the beam of multicolor death um, and that you have an entire another adventure that you have to now somehow resolve in whatever time is remaining because you tricked them into thinking the wrong path, basically, to 
saving the world. Um, that's the kind of twist we want to avoid, right? We don't want to waste time on red herrings or like not the right stuff at all when you only have two hours or four hours or even six hours to get through an entire storyline. So that's, that's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about lowering the complexity, no twists, not doing U-turns, right? We want to keep the story moving in a forward direction. We don't want to move a long ways down the road and then have to flip a UE and come all the way back to the Corn Palace. Just go to the Corn Palace. Um, I don't know why I keep talking about the Corn Palace. I'm having weird childhood memories of stopping at the Corn Palace. Um, it is always, always, always okay to finish a one-shot a little bit early. And it absolutely is miserable and awful when you have to either cut it off or if you run over, um, especially at a convention, again, right? Because if you end 10 or 15 minutes early at a convention, then, or even half an hour early at a convention, you have given the people time to hang out, chill, process, and enjoy the experience that they just had with each other, pack up their stuff, go get a coffee or whatever, or like text the other person they're meeting up with before their next game. That's fine. That's great. That's time that people can use and enjoy. They're not going to probably be mad about it, right? Now, if you said this is a four-hour game and you run a one-hour game, then they might be, but, you know, generally getting out early is not an issue. But having to chop off the end sucks, as we already said, and running over can be a big problem because, you know, other people might be waiting for your table or you're holding on to people who are trying to get to another game. And that's just I'll be, not cool. You I'll can't. be honest. If, if I'm at a convention and, you know, sometimes I book, you know, like close to back-to-back sessions or whatever. Oh, yeah, I absolutely do. Um, if a GM is like, hey, we're going to wrap like, a, like, you know, hey, we're wrapped and we're done a half hour early. I'm like, yes, And I have a you. chance to like... Go run to, the to Starbucks, <laughs> like, <laughs> bathroom, get a snack, get a water. Like, that. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, look, you you should never feel under pressure to fill the whole time slot. If you run an enjoyable game that is safe and everybody had a good time, and you are thirty minutes early, great, you still did a great job. Yeah, it's still great. Yeah, right. No problem. Y- yeah, absolutely. Like, I am always a person. Like, if we finish early, like I'm very pleased as a player and as a GM, sometimes I'm also relieved because like, you know, I have like a lot of stuff I got to take down. Right. And if the other person's coming to use the table, Mm -hmm. I have a few extra minutes to get everything in my bag and all that stuff. I consider if I feel like I 100% absolutely nail the timing, then I'm wrapping my game at quarter to 10 till the next game. Right. That, that is my like, Oh, I did it perfectly because that is enough time for us to all clean up have five minutes to go to the bathroom and make it to our next game yeah and then the other good thing is if you've built that slack time as we call it in project management if you built that slack time into your one shot uh and your game does bog down and finishes at at finishes like 10 minutes to the hour yes and so half hour yeah you still still finished you still did it perfectly yeah yeah. Yes. So you like you still did it. So it is good to kind of have that slack time. Yeah. Cool. Um, that was pretty much everything that I have for one shots, which is it's funny to say a lot of these things again, because it's been so long since we did one shots and campaigns. I feel like it's been a while since I said them. But I yeah, don't yeah. think that there's anything really new here in terms of our advice about running one shots, because so much of it has always been about pacing anyway. But so, Phil, in contrast, tell us about campaigns, because now now you it's different you have time time keeps on ticking oh that was a different song yeah yeah. anyway (laughs) um so here's the thing 
when you're doing a campaign, you're not like you, you don't have to worry about time the same way that you worry about it in a one shot. Now, of course, you are going to be like you're going to have some concerns about pacing and timing for your individual sessions because you eventually do have to like end a session, go home, yeah, go, go to, to bed, work, like right, whatever, go to bed, yeah. go to work, that kind of like take care of kids, have that kind food. of thing. <laughs> so it's not that you'll never have a session uh, pacing like issue. But the thing is, a campaign is meant to be played in multiple sessions. So if your combat doesn't like if you get to just the beginning of the combat and decide, oh, you know what, let's not get into this till next week. And you're, you know, what you thought was going to be one session turns into two. It's not a big deal. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's OK. So where we really when it comes to campaigns where we're really more concerned about pacing, where I think we should be more concerned about pacing, and at least it's where I am. Uh, is story arcs. Yeah. Right? Because campaigns, like, a one-shot is about telling a good story, right? The the thing that we always say is, like, a one-shot is the most important day of those characters' lives. Yeah, it's the movie. Right? It's the movie, right? But the, um, but the campaign is a TV series, and a story arc is a season, right? So we want to pace out our season well. Um, we want, you know, it has to have a beginning, middle and an end. Um, and we want to move through that at a good pace. And, and I think the best way to explain that is what if we didn't move through at a good pace? I'll, I'll kind of give you an idea of like what happens, right? So if you, if you are going too fast, uh, then you are burning through like your season winds up being like four sessions, mm-hmm. like literally beginning Rising action, climax, denouement, right? Like four Done. sessions. Yes. Done, right? Which isn't terrible, but it means that you now have to come up with another arc and another arc if you're just, if you are relentless at that pace, um, which will mean that you will either, uh, you will either one, start chasing the curve, right? So if you start chasing the curve, you will keep trying to outdo yourself, right? Like that arc went well, I got to make another arc just as good or better. I got to make the next one better. And you're having to do it now very quickly, right? Because you're just burning through these things. So you you begin to chase the curve, which inevitably leads to you probably doing one of two things. You will either jump the shark. Yes. Right? Because at some point you can't keep up with this pace. Nope. Uh, and you come up with something completely ridiculous that the, like jars the players. Uh, or you just burn out, which is actually the more likely case is most people just burn out. Yeah. Um, and I had this problem when I was a much younger GM in my teens in high school. I had this um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles campaign that I would get so excited about. And, and we would do these story arcs yeah. and they were like big story arcs, like world changing story arcs. But I do them so fast. I actually reset the campaign world three times in a campaign. Like yeah. was like. Okay, we're we're just gonna go back to like before the you know these guys invaded and like tell another story and then blow through it really quick and have to do it like. There's a lot to be said for pacing your arcs. All right, so if you go too fast, that's that's the problem you have. If you go too slow, then players don't feel like they're actually making any progress, right? Like, oh, we've played like eight sessions and we're no closer to Baron von Badass's hideout. Right. Like they're like, (laughs) so they, they won, they start feeling dejected because they're not making progress. They're not moving through the story arc Um, or they start forgetting about it. Right. Like they don't even remember, like, why are we running this guy down again? 
right? Oh, right. He knows like six. He knows he knows a guy who knows the guy who might have delivered bricks to Baron von Badass's secret hideout, right? Like, oh, like too slow, right? Too slow. Um, So they'll either get bored or they don't feel like they're making progress and they get dejected or they just forget why they're here. None of those are good. None of those are good in your story arc. Like, it's not good if, like, people don't feel like those things are happening. And you know this because if you know, if you've ever seen a TV show that doesn't look like it's making progress towards, like, the story arc, you will get frustrated with the show. Yes. Right? You will get annoyed with the show because it's like, for God's sakes, why are we not there yet? Kind of thing. Yep. Or why do we not feel like we're even moving in that direction? Exactly. All right, so how, like, my best tip for controlling this, and it's actually an old article I wrote. Um, I wrote this article in Gnome Stew, like, back in, like, 2010 or something, right? Like, it's, like, one of the, like, it's super old. Um, But I, to this day, still use what I call the Chris Carter method. Um, And I only name it that, not that Chris Carter invented it. That's where I learned it from, Um, which is I learned pacing, story arc pacing from X-Files. Okay, that makes sense. Because in the X-Files, there were always the mythology episodes, right? Which I thought were the super cool episodes, right? Because I wanted to know all the conspiracy stuff. Uh Um, And those ran like through the length of the season. But to slow that down, right? So as not to just do them in four or five episodes and then have a whole season to finish up, Carter would then write these monster of the week episodes Mm -hmm. fluke man like whatever and drop them into like in between the episodes about the conspiracy and so this is a way that you can also control the pacing of your story arcs is if your story arc is going too fast you can just have you know what we now i think affectionately call what the bottle episode right yep that's exactly what it is you can just have the bottle episode Uh, Which is, you know, something fun. And it's also a beat change, right? It takes you off the main, it takes you off the main arc temporarily. Lets you do a couple different things. It's a place where um, you can be experimental in your storytelling, in what's happening, right? Like you can change it up because you're not messing with your main arc. Um, And then you return everyone back to the arc. Yep. If you listen to campaign, it frequently involves shopping but sometimes yeah. involves a clipboard. It just depends on which season you're listening to. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it, it's, it's such a great way because you can just week to week decide. Like you don't have to plan that out in advance. You could just like look at your notes in between sessions and be like, wow, they're getting really close to Baron Von Badass's uh, hideout. You know what? They're like actually on their way right now. I'm throwing a bottle episode in their path while they're on their way to the like hideout. Yes. Like we're, right. We're gonna, Bam. We're gonna Stretch it out episode. a little that is purely about the travel and like their conversations about, you know, what they're going to do when they defeat Baron Von Badass and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Or side quest them, like whatever, mm-hmm. like give them a job to do. Like they find a town that needs help, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know what to do, but I like, I have always, um, I don't rely on it as my only tool, right? Like I, I never advocate using just one tool for the job, but that tool is like a trusty hammer. Like, I use it often. I always keep it in my toolbox um, and it has always served me well. Like it's just a good pacing tool. But yeah, so for campaigns, again, what we're concerned about is really more about pacing our story arcs. Uh, If our story arcs are paced well, our campaign overall will pace out well 
uh, in addition. Um, and then like Senda said in the one shots, like if you're worried about your session to session, uh, use some of that one shot info. And again, use all the general info that we gave because that general info works everywhere. Yes. How to speed up, how to slow down. And a thing I'll say, I, I had remembered it while we were talking about it and then forgot to mention it. That speed up and slow down stuff is not um, do all of one column right, all of, or the all other. Of column A and all of column B. Right, like if you want to go, you can go fast in dialogue in order to slow down for combat or vice versa. You can can do, like if you're running masks, you can do your combats really quick, simple combats, and slow down and have uh, deeper discussions. Yes. Right? Like you can mix and match those as you need them. And you can, you know, you're in the middle of a scene and you need to kind of like turn it up for a second, abstract your dialogue, then slow it back down. Yeah. Like those tools are not and like you do not throw the big lever in one direction yeah. or the other. You kind of deploy them as you need them. Yes, master. Throw the but switch. again, but again, if you do need to actually like get through a scene quickly because you're one rising action away from the climax and you're worried about time, you actually can then just do a bunch of things in that column. Right. Fast. But that's, okay. those cool. are those are all as as we said. Those are all just the tools you can use to speed up or slow down. So hitting hitting the speed up column is touching the gas pedal and hitting the slow down column is touching the brake. Use them as you will. I now, in order to get us to the closing, because yes. we are at 45 minutes, which is just about just right. Just about for perfect. Pacing tell us wise. about another show. Yeah. Tell us about another show on, well, on the Misdirected Mark Network. Cool. Um, today, I'm going to tell you about the Gnomecast, where several gnomes from Gnomes Do get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an in effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew pot. That stew pot. Mm-hmm. Not a fun place to be. It's very hot, kind of boily, some vegetables floating around. Ended up there a couple of times. It's steamy. Steamy. It's definitely steamy. <laughs> All right. Say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at... Uh, Pandas Talk Games. I almost forgot our Twitter handle there for a second. <laughs> um, I'm going to blame the fact that it's daylight still. Um, you can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, um, or you can drop us an email, panda at Misdirected Mark, or of course you can find us in the Misdirected Mark Slack room if you are one of our Patreon backers, um, or you can find us on the Tiki Talkies. Your choice. And once people find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Just like Powell did today, uh, ask us a question, uh, throw us out a topic, something you want to hear us talk about, something that we could do to help your games be more better fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the, the crux of it. Um, we will get together and talk um, about anything um, because we just like each other's company and mm-hmm. make each other laugh when we when we hang out. Yes. So we're we instantly amuse ourselves, but we also want it to be useful for you, uh, and we want you to run. We want you to run, like we want you to run more better fun games. Like we want you to have a good time gaming. That's what it's all about. Um, so uh, ask us your questions. Uh, throw us a random thought, like, "Hey, what do you think about like you know this thing, that thing." Um, whatever it is, we'll turn it out into a show. Um, cause we've done this for a while, like five years. We're, yeah. We're pretty, we're pretty sharp at this, but anyway, send us a thing that will help you, um, help your game. Right. So let's do that. Let's, we'll do that. Yeah. And if you like what we're doing here, 
on Pandas Talking Games or elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, uh, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP, and um, you'll get access to the Bamboo Lounge, the Misdirected Mark After Show, um, our, our kick-ass Slack community, hundred just a hundred great people uh, hanging out, um, talking about games, cooking good food, man. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you, if the Misdirected Mark Slack community could have a cookout, we would be doing well. Like, there is some good foods in the misdirected Mark Slack. Um, anyway, um, you know, it's just, like I said, it's fantastic. Um, I love it. And I love being a part of it. And I love all of you who are a part of it. And would love for more of you to come be a part of it. That would also be awesome. Uh, so, you know, your patronage helps us greatly, right? Like, we have expenses, web hosting, gear, all of those things. Um, it definitely helps. Um, you, you don't think about it, but like cords and mic stands and microphones and all that stuff, like it, it, it racks up, it racks up costs and, um, your patronage makes that all happen. So we appreciate it greatly. Um, if you are unable to, um, support the campaign or already are, we totally, you know, like we're cool either way. Um, there's still another thing you can do, um, which is just word of mouth. Tell people. Just tell people about us. Um, when you're on Twitter and somebody's like, "Oh, what podcast?" Just put our name down, right? Just, just put it down. If you like us, I think I'm assuming if you're still here listening, you probably. I like hope us. that you put like our name, us. Yeah, put our name down on like one of those things in a forum. If somebody's like, "Oh, anybody know any good like shows about jamming advice?" Bam, put us down there. That is guaranteed a big help for us. It is. It is big help. A number of you are listening today because people have done that. Yes. <laughs> um, and we appreciate the people who did it. We appreciate you for listening. Um, and we'll appreciate it if you also do it and pay it forward to somebody else who might be looking for um, what we hope is entertaining and what we um, shoot for is educational. Um, there's also just one more thing you could do. It helps the soulless computer algorithms um, that all of us, while we would love to ignore it and just, you know, go about doing this thing, um, still need to pay attention to because soulless algorithms still help us in some ways. They still Send it. What world. is that thing? Yes. You could write us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually help new people find the show. And I would also be especially fascinated right now, if you want to drop me a note wherever you're in contact with me, to know if any of you use Amazon Prime to listen to podcasts or not, because I'm trying to decide if I give the, you know, Solus Corporations more free content. Anyway, let me know if it would be useful to you, if it was available to you there, because I love making, you know, things easily accessible. Um, but if nobody cares, then nobody cares. <laughs> anyway, leave us a rating or review. We absolutely appreciate all of them that we have. We love reading them. Tell us if you left one so we can go find it and read it and then feel all happy and warm and fuzzy inside. And, uh, and yeah, we really do appreciate all the ones that we've already got. Thank you so much, everybody. Cool. Say, Senda, um, what tips do you have for how players should uh contribute to pacing oh boy we're, but we're gonna do oh, oh. the whole show <laughs> wait till next week this show is a joint production of she's a super geek and misdirected mark productions the media arm of encoded designs Show me what you got, eh? Hey, show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Hey, show me what you got. Show me what you got, eh? Hey, show me what you got. Hey. Blue.
Whoopie. <laughs> there we go. All right. All Twitter hijinks out of the way. Time to get to work. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm not on the first page. Goodness, we goodness, having... goodness. Well, we, I was well, we did the walkthrough. By... We did the walkthrough. It's we did the walkthrough. Fine. I got I'm to not the making... last page. I'm not making fun of you. We did... I know. Then we got Twitter hijinks, and I was distracted before we recorded. Exactly. It's fine. <laughs> okay. But we should get started, though. Uh, we should get started. This one is too fast. This one is too slow. This one is just right. In what way is modern MC or too bad I don't edit anymore because y'all are going to get to hear me stumble over this. Usually I edit this out.